Hi, welcome to my podcast. I'm in Loughborough now and we're here with Matt Piper for our second part interview. Yes, it's took a long time, but he's finally here with me. Uh, hi, Matt, how you doing? Hi, Adam. How are you, mate? Um, thanks for having me on again. No worries, mate. So, how have you been since the last time I saw you, Matt? Do you know what? I've been really good. I've been really busy. Um, I've been working hard at FSD Academy and on the radio. Um, so that's why it took me so long to get over to see you, mate, because I've, I've been so busy doing all the stuff that I do. Yeah. Um, have you uh, done any great things with your academy lately that you could tell the podcast? Yeah, so the academy's grown from when we first started to from 21 kids to now 140. Wow. Over three sites in Leicester. So there's one at Highfield Rangers Football Club, there's one at Kirby Muxlow Football Club, and there's one in Braunston. So that's why I'm really busy moving between all the different academies and trying to support and help all these kids that, that come to us for football and education. Right. Um, and I hear you're leaving BBC Radio Leicester. What made you decide to leave BBC Radio Leicester? Yeah, well, it was a really tough decision, but uh, because I've got four kids at home as well, and the youngest is an aspiring young footballer, like I was. So he plays for Burton, Albion, and he's, he's sort of playing all over the country. Right. So I need that extra time to go and support and, you know, see him play and make sure he's all right. So that was ultimately why I decided that I need to probably step back from the radio a little bit. Yeah, um, and how's your book gone? Because, you know, you gave me your book in COVID-19. How has the book gone on since you, since we've talked with it? Has it gone on to sell a lot and have you got a lot of feedback from it? Yeah, so on, I was surprised the other day actually, I was looking on Amazon and there's about 170 reviews on it now of wow. five stars, so it means... It means a lot of people are reading it and a lot of people... The sort of story that I went through, I think it's resonating with a lot of people and a lot of people have reached out and said that they're going through a bit of a struggle as well. So I think, you know, the reason why I wrote it is to try and help and support other people, talking about my story as honestly as I could. Um, and it seems to be doing that, so I'm really proud of it. And in the book I was reading, you uh, charity helped you when you were going through hard times. Could you tell me a bit more about the charity and what they did for you? Yeah, so there was an ex-professional player. He used to play for England and Arsenal called Tony Adams. And right. he started a charity called Sporting Chance. And that's the charity that sort of helped me through my struggles. Because I was sort of drinking every day and taking all sorts of different drugs and sort of lost my way in life a little bit yeah. um, but when I went into that charity they really helped me and they, they helped me turn my life around and sort of get back on the straight and narrow start thinking more positively about what I wanted to do after football um, so I, in honesty I owe my life really and uh, with your son's football have you noticed uh, how great he's doing with it and what do you think he would be good for Leicester at some point do you think he would go into one of the under 23 teams or something like that is that something you're thinking about him going on to do yeah so so the way I sort of uh, I've ever coached or working with youngsters or or even my own son I, I don't like to put 
pressure on him to do anything. I just want to make sure. My job, ultimately, as his dad, is to make sure that he's supported, number yeah. one. Uh, and I try and help him, you know, follow his dreams, but also that he's having, you know, fun. Because at the end of the day, he's a little boy. And I want him to have fun and enjoy what he's doing. And if he ever didn't start to enjoy it... Because there were times when I was younger that I didn't enjoy playing football. Oh, wow. But I was, I was sort of forced to do it by my old man. So I've got that experience to know that just to support him, make sure he's having fun... And whatever will be, will be. And if he if he wants to be a professional footballer and that's where his pathway takes him, then great. And if he doesn't, that's fine as well, as long as he's enjoying his life and having a good time. And uh, you know with your with your football and your academies, are they are you thinking of taking them uh, into big big competitions next year or this year? Uh, yeah, so we're always looking to sort of, you know, push on and you know play some showcase games against elite academies yeah. uh, but the great thing I think about FSD Academy is we started it for everyone so it's not just elite footballers all you have to do to come to the FSD Academy is just have a passion for football whether you're you know you're not technically one of the best players or all the way through to elite players so we feel like we try and cater for everyone Right, and with your charity work, I know that when you last came on my podcast, we talked about all the charities you work for. Are there any upcoming projects you've got with charities that you may be doing with your football or, or whatever you're doing in your different things? Brilliant question, mate. So I've, I'm still working with Leicester Children's Holidays as an ambassador, and I'm working with Memphis UK Disabled Charity for Kids in Leicestershire and, yeah. and Rutland. Um, so I'm really passionate about working for them two charities and this will be the first time that I tell this anyone outside my own family but I will actually be starting my own foundation uh, to try and support uh, everyone with you know their mental health and their journey through mental health and the struggles that sort of individuals go through because a lot of people especially at the minute because the world's a tough place are reaching out to me on my sort of direct messages on my social media platforms yeah. and sort of asking for that support from me from, from the kind of lived experiences that I've got so I thought now was the right time to probably start my own foundation to try and help people and that's another one of the reasons why I'm stepping back from the radio a little bit Yeah, um, another thing I was reading through your book I wanted to know why you were at Sunderland playing football was there, any, was there any particular person you played with that helped you through the hard times while you were at Sunderland? Was there a particular teammate that's still around today that played with you that made you feel better while you were at Sunderland? Yeah, well, there was one guy in particular that springs to mind while I was at Sunderland, but he's not, he's not that well known. For instance, when I say his name, I don't think you know who it is, but his name was Mark Rossiter. And he was a guy that got injured at the exact same time as me. We actually got injured wow. in the same game. I did my cruciate ligament and he, they found a tumour on his knee. Ooh. So we were out for the same amount of time and we both rehabbed together and we became really close. And to be honest, mate, if I didn't have him at that time, it would have been an even more difficult journey to try and, you know, come through the struggles that I did. And I feel like he helped me a lot and I, I tried to help him and we still talk to this day he moved back to Ireland 
Uh, I live in Leicester. We've not seen each other probably for 10 years, but we talk probably once or twice a month. Uh, uh, so we just support each other from a distance now, but he's definitely one guy that helped me a lot. And we, um, we always have a good chat on social media about Leicester City, and at the minute I know that... Um, well, I want to say this because I, I, I don't think some fans are, uh, are always as... I'm a hardcore fan, as you know. I go to all mm. the away matches. Through. I've been there since League One with the snow and all that kind of thing. I think a lot of people wanted uh, Brendan out. I don't mind saying this on a podcast. A lot of people wanted him out. Mm. And it seems to me as some of our fans now, they're getting... They're not as nice as they used to be. We, uh, like my mum was saying the other day, we go to a lot of the matches... There's a lot of drunk people, a lot of people that they're only going to drink, they're not really going to support the football. And a lot of people that you listen behind us that moan about certain players and moan about the management. Now we're starting to get a few wins under our belt. They all of a sudden love Brendan again. Mm. What my view is, my view on it, I think Brendan will get us out of it. I think it's going to be a long process, but I think we will get out of it. I think if you get rid of Brendan, you then have to look for another manager. Mm. To look for another manager will take a long time. And then, do you really want a, a Puel again? Do you really mm. want a, a foreign manager that's going to come in and not do the job? Mm. So my, my question to you is, what do you think about Brendan? Do you think they should keep him and not go and get another manager? Or do you think he should stay for another season, see if he can get us out of the trouble we're in? Well, I think he started to do that. Um, and... and if you've listened to the radio, so my position was I, I didn't <clears throat> think Brendan's behaviour uh, at the start of the season and the way that he was sort of talking to the media, the players, the fan base, I felt it fed into the negativity of the poor results we was having. So I decided at that point, maybe it is time to freshen up the position of the manager and move him on. But I'm so pleased that he's proved me wrong. I think he started to turn it around. I think he started to be a lot more positive in the way that he's talking about the team and for the team. And he's getting down to work now and really showing what a top-level manager he is. So I think the board have clearly made the right decision in standing by him. Yeah. Uh, and we're starting to climb the table now. And I think that will only continue when we come back after this World Cup break. Right, and another thing, I, I've been meaning to talk to you about it on social media. Um, I quite like our new defender we've got. Now, I'm, I know I'll probably never meet him, but I want... You probably at some point met him with your commentating. I wanted to ask you, what is he like to talk to? Because me and my mum reckon he's a really good defender for us. Now he's mm. coming to our team. He's doing really well for us. Mm. What do you think to him? I love him. I really do. When we lost Fafana to Chelsea, when we sold Fafana to Chelsea, I thought we wouldn't be able to replace him at all. Uh, especially with the, the small amount of money we had to spend, which was yeah, 15 million. Not a lot. And they've gone out and they've found an absolute gem of a footballer, I think, in Wolfhouse. Uh He's quick, he's aggressive, he's fast, um, really good defender, and, and I think he's got a brilliant personality. I've not, I've not actually met him yet. Oh, no. No, okay. not yet. <laughs> Owen's met him, uh, who I work on the radio with, and uh, he said that he's a really nice guy, uh, he's got brilliant hairdo. I think <laughs> he's got <laughs> most of them do it. The yeah, yeah. He's got a big fluffy hairdo, <laughs> which I, Williams on yeah, him. which I really like, and I just think he's got a great personality. So he's been a brilliant addition, I think, to to the first team at Leicester. And another player I want to go on about with you because we we often don't get a chance to talk to each other on social media because we're both busy. Um, 
A one that I feel that's been judged a hell of a lot, that everybody wanted him out, they wanted him to move, is Tillisman. Now, to me, I think Tillisman has changed as a player. I think he's. I think Tillisman was always a decent player. He just needed to gel with our football team. And I think he's always good at the end of the football match. He comes and claps and puts his hands up. I think he's, he is for the fans... Do I, if I, if I'm being honest with you, do I think he'll move on next season? Probably he might move on to another team to up, up his game because he wanted to move anyway. Mm. But I do think he does like the Leicester fans. I just think in his chapter of football, he wants his he wants his next chapter. Mm. So he wants to move from our football team. But what do you make of Tillerman yourself? Uh, I think he's one of the best players Leicester's had for a very long time. I think he's. A, unbelievable footballer I think he's an ultimate professional um, and I think he just wants to play Champions League football uh, and he feels that maybe moving on to a different side that he'll, he'll have a better opportunity to do that but there's actually talk at the minute that he might sign uh, another contract with Leicester that would be awesome it'd be brilliant if he did because I think he's such a brilliant professional he's got a really good personality and them goals that he scores from distance, them bangers that he scores from distance uh, are be- brilliant. And before we get on to a bit more, the only other player I want to talk about that I really like, and I'm glad and pleased he's gone into the World Cup, is Madison. Mm. Now, although he's never messaged me on social media, I've liked all his tweets and he never ever looks at them. I'm sure he looks at about a thousand a day. But I'm a big fan of Madison. Whether, whether he's been slated or whether he's not been slated, Madison always stays true to himself. And yes, OK, sometimes in games he'll big himself up and few, miss a few sitters. But Madison always gives 100%. Even if he's injured and he can't go on, he still gives 100%. And I wanted to know what you make of Madison, what you've made of him all the years he's been at City. Mm. Are you a fan of Madison? Do you like him? Yeah, massively. I've, at the minute, he's probably my favourite Leicester player. I think he's... I just, to be honest, it's similar to Tillemans, I think technically he's brilliant. I think he's got a great personality. Um, I like how he's a little different in the media than other footballers. Yeah. Because a lot of the time when he answers a question, you can tell he's answering it from the heart and the way that he speaks. Sometimes footballers tend to just talk a certain way and they all sound the same. He's got his own personality that really comes across uh, and I think it comes across in his football out on the pitch. I think he's a top player and he definitely deserved to go to the World Cup. And me and my mum's favourite player before I finish this bit of the podcast is Mark Albrighton. And I shall tell you why he's me and mum's favourite and why we always vote for him every season because he may be the oldest player on our ranks but he's the most cleverest player in our ranks and whenever you... Or Mark Orbein comes onto the pitch at half time after half time he always gives 100% whether he's with it or not he always he, when he comes in the team we seem to always win mm. there's only an odd time where Orbein will come in and we lose but that's because mm. he's been put on the 70th minute and he's got no time to play yeah. but what do you make of Orbein? Oh, I love him I love him I think he's been a brilliant servant to, to Leicester Um similar to Tillerman's ultimate professional the way that he, he deals with things and even when he's on the bench like you say he always gives 100% when he comes on some of the players that I talk to now and again like Ian and Jewsby Hall he helps the youngsters at the football club and he's the kind of guy that Brendan's kept around for a long time because of what he contributes off the pitch as well as on it so 
I think he's a, been a brilliant player for Leicester over the years. Now, this is going to shock you, this question, because I've been meaning to <laughs> do this question. I've been planning it out for since we planned to do this podcast. Yeah. I want to know, would you ever consider going back on the pitch like Oli Mers and all the famous stars do on the on on the TV in the the big charity football against England would you if they came to you and said Matt Piper would you like to come and compete on uh, for the against England for the charity cup would yeah. you like to take part and would you get yourself fit enough to go and take part um, with everything you do obviously yeah I would, I would definitely go and play in it. Um, I, I sometimes turn out for the Leicester Legends teams now, even though I'm about three stone overweight <laughs> at the minute. You're not that overweight. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would, I would go if asked. But I, I, I don't think I've got a, a celebrity status that's big enough to be asked to go and play in something oh, like I that. I don't think you need a celebrity status. <laughs> um, so... Also in the uh, in the book, you, you said that your family had really helped you through the hard times. Mm. What is the biggest thing you think your family have done for you? I mean, not just your wife, but all mm. of your family around you. Mm. Your family said, what have they done to help you, do you think? Uh, I think being understanding uh, to the situation, because it's not easy. I mean, you've got to think now, you know, my mum, my dad, my brother, they, they didn't really know how to deal with it at the time. You turn up at my house all the time and I'm drunk sort of yeah I can see being, what you mean you know what I mean being a little bit silly and making silly decisions uh, so it was a tough period for all of us in our life but um, you know the way that they supported me and they, they were understanding and you know they really pushed and stayed by my side to, to help me through those difficult times in my life was was amazing really and you know that's that's rubbed off on me because that's how I try and be to you know my family now my kids my wife uh, and that's what's important also how you wrote your book I thought was incredible so I thought I may ask you this question are you planning on when you've done this charity fundraise this this, when you do your charity that you've just told me that you've not told anybody else about uh, (laughs) uh, are you planning on maybe writing another book that tells where you've gone from where you were before so you've done this book that's out now are you thinking of maybe in the future writing another book that tells you where you've got to, where you've come to now from where you were before? Mate, that's a great question. Um, because when I wrote the book in the first... I didn't write the book. A guy called Joe Bruin write, wrote the book. I have who, noticed a lot of people write other people's books. So yeah. William W.H. Smith. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's a, he sort of ghostwritten the book. So I used to sit with him in sessions and talk him through my story and then he converted it into words and then put it out in the book but I, I told him at the start that I didn't think anyone would buy the book I just didn't think you know no one really wanted to read my story and then it came out and it's done so well so it has made me think that you know to keep pushing forward in life like I always talk about to people on you know social media or at my academy with the kids that I work with and you know there's still a lot of the story that is unwritten I'm hoping so the things that I'm pushing for at the academy and the things that I think we can positively impact youngsters' lives on would be great to put down at some point and and talk on in the future in another book that can sort of show people how I did it and why I did it and, you know, what's important to me. Now, is there anything that 
that you can tell me that's new in your life that not anybody on your social media or I know is there anything you could like a special thing you could tell everybody because I have a lot of listeners that listen to my podcast is there anything you could tell me um, there's one thing that I could say that uh, at this point I don't know if I'll be stepping back from the radio fully next right. season uh, that's a little scoop for you, Adam. Um, just because uh, the BBC have asked me to, you know, stay on and, and cover certain games next season, along with a mix of, of, of other summarisers, uh, and that's why we've started to do it this season. The likes of David Nugent and Matty Fryer that both do great jobs yeah. as well. Um, so you'll be hearing a lot more of them next year. But I won't be totally gone, so you'll still be hearing me. Uh, occasionally next year I won't be the main guy anymore No But it looks like I might stay on and do some games from time to time Right So I've got another thing to ask you One of my surprise questions Because you didn't know these were coming <laughs> Another another thing is I think a, a, a project for you would be When you've got the time to do it Would be your own podcast for ex-footballers that have gone through the same thing as you to come onto your podcast and talk about what they've been through for other people to listen to is that an idea you think you'd go for wow that's sort of one of the other reasons um that i'm stepping back from the radio a little bit because the idea was to have a podcast the only way it would be slightly different to to that is it will be anyone from any walk of life that I think their story could, could help other people that are going through a struggle or their expertise. So my idea would be to get on a few different people that have lived experience similar to myself or right, yeah. clinical professionals that could give us information on the podcast that could help other people. And before I end my podcast, there's two more things. One... Um, your charity that you've told me about that nobody knows about <laughs> I, I, in 2024 which is not next year but the year after mm. I will and this is a promise to you I will do my my sixth charity bike ride for your charity wow that'd be and brilliant and this is a promise on my podcast so everybody the 37 countries around the world that are listening to this mm. will know that I've made that promise so the promise is in 2024 I will be raising money for your charity oh wow mate we will meet up mm. I will give you the money we will do it we'll do a plaque if you've got a plaque for your charity we'll put the mm. plaque up and that is a promise from me to you Brilliant. That that's what will happen in 2024 not next year because I made the promise to a charity mm. but the year after it will be for your charity and I will raise the money Brilliant. we'll meet up we'll do the plaque and mm. so that's a promise to you wow that's another thing and the last thing that's is brilliant mate the last thing is is that I always say some of my podcasters you know from the last time is there anything else that's up and coming that you can tell all the followers around that do follow you that's coming up next for you yeah, so um, the Leicestershire County Council and, the, and Leicester City Council have just given us our own plot of land to expand Ooh, right. FSD Academy on. Oh, that's um, brilliant. So FSD Academy and the work that we do out in the communities will be expanding, trying to help more kids, boys and girls, um, and using the vehicle of football to raise self-esteem, self-confidence, 
um, and just keep, continue doing what we're doing at the minute and trying to help as many people as we can to, to find their pathway in life. Because when my pathway fell down, that's when I found it a big struggle. So that's why it's important to me to try and help as many kids as possible find their pathway, regardless of whether it's in football or not, so they have you know, better futures. Yeah, I can see what, what you mean by that. I think from uh, before I end the podcast, I think, I don't know if I've talked to you about it before, but because my sister was a professional dancer, I, with my autism, I, I could never stick to anything. I was always in the background to my sisters because they were the limelight. Mm. I think um, doing my charity bar, I was getting in the newspaper, doing my podcast, it's given me a form of helping my mental health and mm. getting me on the straight and narrow. Okay, I may not be massively famous, that, and that probably never will happen, but I feel, I always felt that my charity bar at Rise, because I've been helped all my life by family and friends, and because I could never really live on my own, mm. um, the way of me giving back to other people was to do my charity bar rise, was to find a form, a platform to give back to those that were in need, that didn't have the life that I got and weren't yeah. as lucky as I was. And the same with my podcast, really. I may have had well-known people on that people know and have seen on TV, mm. but it... It's trying to tell people's life stories about what mm. they've been through mm. and what people necessarily don't see on the TV. Like Martin Bellard, you know, he, he told me about his son, about the struggles he's had with his wife had with his son mm. and how his son's now an actor. And I think it's, it, it's the joy of the story that you can tell about the individual that people don't necessarily see on the TV or on yeah. the radio. And I think that's the joy of having you back on my podcast. I think it was the joy of having you on in COVID because you were the second interview I'd had. Mm. And I think my, it helps me to do my podcast uh, and my mental health. And it's something I've got I can focus on that helps me out. So mm. I appreciate you coming all the way to Loughborough for, uh, and taking your time, your busy life with your family because it is a Sunday and the World Cup is on. Mm. And you didn't have to come, but you have. So I appreciate that, Matt. No worries, Adam. Listen, mate, you keep doing what you're doing. Yes, I, I promise shall. You, you should do because it's really good. Um, and what you're talking about there, you've, you've found a, a new passion. And yeah. And that's created a purpose in your life. And that's what is important to me because that is what brought me through my struggles. When, once I found coaching and how much I enjoyed it and it became a big passion of mine, it created a pathway then and gave me more purpose in my life. And that's what you were just talking about there, mate. So you keep doing what you're doing. You keep badgering people to get them on your podcast. <laughs> I will do. <laughs> because, because, mate, it's brilliant. And I really appreciate you asking me over, mate. And I'll come on it anytime. All right. Thank you, Matt.